Spring was in the air and some of the starlings began to feel restless again. A big meeting was held. All the starlings sat on four parallel telephone lines, except Gary, who had to sit on top of a telephone pole. It was decided after a vote that the murmuration would return to the four cliffs by the same route that they came out on. The trip had been tough so far. A northwesterly breeze had blown in the faces of the murmuration ever since they took off from France. But now, below Gary and the murmuration, was a familiar sight. A lighthouse built on a rocky outcrop that rose out of the sea. Gary's heart lifted. He was just 13 kilometres south of the four cliffs and home. In no time at all the murmuration approached the four cliffs. Gary looked down. It was just as he remembered. Row after row of nests piled up along the faces of the cliffs. He even recognised some of his gannet neighbours as they perched on the ledges or swarmed around the trawlers on the lookout for the fishermen's handouts. He spotted Colonel Starling to his starboard and called him over. The Colonel looked a right state. He had his scarf wrapped around his peaked cap and tied under his chin. The Colonel noticed Gary's stare. I said, oh chap, why the funny looks? I needed to be sure that I didn't lose my cap, flying into that strong headwind and all. Oh, that's a good reason, I suppose, muttered Gary. Anyway, how can I help you, young sir? As you see, Colonel, we are approaching the four cliffs. So, permission to break rank. Permission granted, old chap, said the Colonel without hesitation. Thanks, Colonel. Catch you later said Gary. With that, he gently bent out of the rolling formation and soon watched as the starlings continued to their summer roost a few kilometres in from the coast. Gary landed on the ledge above his family nest and walked the final few metres home. Hi, I'm home, he shouted as he approached the nest. His mum turned around. At first, she did not recognise the tall, tanned, muscular gannet that stood in front of her. Mum, it's me. It's Gary. She recognised the voice and the goggles, though, and rushed over to her son and gave him a big hug and kiss. Well, glory be. You're back, safe and sound. I am indeed. And I have loads to tell you. Gary, you're home, said his dad. He had just arrived home himself. You cut it fine, didn't you? Huh? said Gary as he gave his dad a hug. The egg trials are on tomorrow, continued his dad. Tomorrow? exclaimed Gary. I'll never be able to compete in it. We had to fly into a headwind all the way back from France and now my wings are about to drop off me. Oh, a good night's rest will sort you out, said his dad. Anyway, you only need to compete in a couple of events. Oh, let him be. He's just arrived home and you're pestering him about the trials. Gary's dad looked at his wife and nodded his head. Oh, apologies, Gary. Welcome back, son. Come on, tell us all about your trip. Gary regaled his parents with tales from foreign lands over a scrumptious supper of his favourite meal. Yes, sprat and a seaweed, as only his mum could prepare. After supper... He gave his mum the log of his travels. 
she went off early to bed and began to read his stories before she went to sleep. Meanwhile, Gary got talking further to his da. Are you judging in the trials again this year? asked Gary. No, I decided not to. Oh, why is that? Uh, it wouldn't be appropriate. You see, I've trained Gertrude and Gerhardt over the winter in preparation for these trials, and they'll be taking part in them tomorrow. Oh, I see, said Gary. Uh, what events are they going in? Uh, Gertrude will go in the one-legged landing and in the synchronised dive with Gerhardt. Gerhardt will go in the individual dive and the long course obstacle race. Do they have a chance? They do. A great chance. Gary thought of all the training he undertook over the past nearly two years. It was all done with the aim of competing in the egg trials. He quickly made up his mind. Da, I'm going to enter the trials too. I'll take it you'll go in the individual dive. Yes, definitely, said Gary. And I'm also thinking about the long course race. Good, good, my thoughts exactly, replied his dad. The long course will be tough, but if you pace yourself in the run out to the lighthouse and kick on on the homeward leg, you should have a great chance. As Gary approached the western cliff the next morning, the starting point for this year's egg trials, he was surprised at the large number of gannets of all shapes, sizes and ages that turned up to take part. Big queues formed as the gannets waited to enter their names in each of the events that they wanted to compete in. Gary had just finished registering when he spotted Gertrude. Hi Gertrude, he said as he approached her through a gaggle of her admiring suitors. It was the first time he had set eyes on her since he came back from France the evening before. She was even prettier than the last time he saw her all those months ago. Gertrude looked around at the tanned, muscular, goggle-wearing Gannet. Gary! She said and rushed over and hugged him tenderly. I heard on the grapevine that you were back from your travels. Yeah, yeah, I, I got home last night. Wow, you cut it close for the trials, didn't you? I did, I did, but I'm here now, said Gary. He could not keep his eyes off Gertrude. What are you entered in? Oh, the individual dive. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and plus the long course obstacle race. Dad told me you'll go in the synchronised dive with Gerhardt. And I'm in the one-legged landing. Suddenly, the announcement signalling the start of the first event filled the air. Testing, one, two, one, two. Can anybody hear me? Hello, hello. It was obvious that this gannet had never used a loud hailer before. Such was the racket that he made during the announcement. All participants in the one-legged landing, please proceed to the start line at East Cliff. I'd better go, said Gertrude. Wish me luck. Gertrude was number 100 in the running order, and after what to her seemed like forever... Her name was eventually called out. She took her position at the starting block on the cliff ledge and waited for a judge to wave his flag. The judge waved his flag. 
Gertrude waited momentarily for the wind to calm down before she started her routine. She pointed her bill skywards and elegantly flapped her wings twice. She seamlessly rose vertically to a height of 50 metres before she moved horizontally towards a sea stack. She performed 10 evenly spaced, stylishly executed horizontal rolls before she transitioned into a straight up loop the loop and exited directly above the sea stack. She descended like an angel and landed on her left leg in the exact centre of the target. She spread out her wings and remained balanced on her left foot for the required 10 seconds. She then courtesied and walked out of the target and waited her score. Her head was still spinning when the first judge held up his scorecard. It had a 10 on it. So had the next, and the next, and the next. The fifth judge was a bit of a drama queen and waited to keep Gertrude and the spectators in suspense. Then he finally held up his scorecard with another 10 on it. The crowd erupted into cheering and chanting. Gertrude's perfect score was not equaled by any other competitor. She was declared the winner and the first member of the team to represent the Four Cliffs Colony at the Egg. Her parents' hearts burst with pride. 